And know this, John and Mike will celebrate when you get here. Arrived at the Joe Beaver Show, 1240 Joe Radio. Well, yeah. I thought he'd be gone. Yeah, yeah, in the old days, John, and it's nice to see you again. It feels like it's been a long, <laughs> long time. I can hear. I thoroughly enjoyed working with TJ. No, I know you guys but have done some great it shows. It's And I've been listening a little through Car 54 and other techniques and hearing a little bit. Heard lo- most of yesterday's show driving back down from uh, PDX where the intersection of life, we were landing at PDX and I thought, well, I know the baseball team's flying out today for their series at Washington State. I wonder where they are. So I texted young Josh, Josh, where are you? He said, we're just arriving at PDX. So just the chances of this are so slim in the overall scheme of life. As I got, finally got off the plane, you know, came through, I, Turned a corner, and there's Josh walking this way, and me. Wa- we intersected at the same moment. Him walking to his gate, me getting off the plane. Wow! Yeah, go ahead and try writing up the chances of that occurring. The young baseball kid doing the series this weekend in Pullman with the old man hobbling off. Yeah, and intersecting and visiting, and then you, I walked you, with you, him. I knew where he's at. Like a scene out of a show where it's like. <laughs> Fading off and maybe out, and then yeah. the new, new guy coming in. Well, I mean, it was just, it was, and, and Josh even laughingly said, well, do you just want to take my ticket and go to Pullman? I said, well, no, thank you, but thanks for the offer. Uh, he's all ready and prepared and looking for, I'm looking forward to the series this weekend to gain more intelligence and knowledge of the ball club that's yeah. off to a great start. Yeah. But Josh will have the game later today, in fact. I have had some, some uh, one weird time when, uh, flying to Tucson, Arizona for a, uh, a vacation to visit some friends on the very day that, that Mike Riley announced that he was leaving for Nebraska. And then someone you and I worked for at the time at Learfield from up here just happened to be having general manager meetings in Tucson. And we literally walked right next to each other in the airport on that very day. Yeah, it's strange how life can work that way. Two years ago today, Curtis or Shane or somebody wrote in, I think, on the yeah. University Honda text line earlier. It was two years ago today. Jared Lucas, the three out of the corner. Beavers beat Utah. And I was I prepared my chart that night. And so tomorrow will mark the two-year anniversary of the beginnings of the shutdown. That day, we were jumping up around, uh, Dylan Barishan and I hugging one another two <laughs> years ago today. The last human contact I felt that I had yeah. for a long yeah. time. Jumping up, it's good, the Beavers win. Beavers win, Lucas hits the three. F- fans in the stands. Fans in the stands at T-Mobile Arena, jumping up and down, kind of hugging each other and other people hugging and high-fiving and all of that. And during the postgame show, we were told, well, the, the the tournament will continue, but without fans. That was the first step. It yeah. was a gradual, uh, yeah, we'll play tomorrow uh, here, but with no fans in the stands. And then by the next morning, that had become, there's no more tournament. That day, the next day, I was with Beaver Baseball going to the yes. airport to go to Tucson. You and, and I were communicating. We were. But before that, when we arrived at the airport, the team's all behind. I was the first one to get to the counter, and Steve Carruthers had beaten me there, and he was there to kind of early check in for the Beavers and help the team do all that stuff. And 
hey, Steve, uh, how you doing? And he, he says, yeah, the, the word is there's no fans are going to be allowed in the stands down in Tucson. Well, my wife was heading down there to, to stay with friends, and other friends were gathering. It was going to be like a mini reunion going to the baseball games while I called them. Right. So we had to scramble to say, okay, we can't make it. Everything shut down, and uh, that all stopped. Got on the plane and started texting with you. And you had no idea what was going on until I told you because Jake Rodriguez said it on the plane. Yes, and you, uh, as uh, we set up the show for today, just a couple of quick notes. We will welcome Carrie Eggers at 1125 and then Greg Biggins from uh, 24-7 Sports, the the anchor, so to speak, of every, you know, this is sort of an uh, an addendum to yesterday. I listened yeah. to Angie with you and listened to Big Jim Wilson and Chris Pendle and had an, a wonderful drive driving home, getting to hear the Joe Beaver show, you and TJ doing such a great job with it. And I wanted to get a little bit more information on JT Daniels from a guy from Southern California in yeah. Greg Biggins who has followed JT's movements JT's entire life. And so what does he think now of the JT Daniels sweepstakes, so to speak, and the mm-hmm. schools involved? And what does he think Oregon State fits in the West Virginia, Colorado, Oklahoma State, and Missouri world yeah. along with yeah. Oregon State? Where do the Beavers fit? Did the Beavers, in his view, have a pretty good shot at him? And for what reasons? And what he thinks of sort of the upside of JT wherever he lands We'll talk to Greg Biggins at 12.05. Kerry Eggers today at 11.25. He has a bracket challenge uh, that he's doing. It certainly won't quite uh, match the 12.40 Joe Radio bracket <laughs> challenge presented by Kellenberger Appliance, which we're grateful to be a part of. Uh, you can compete uh, in this challenge for a chance to win some great gift certificates uh, from Shiloh gift cards, 18 holes of golf at Spring Hill, bowling from Highland Bowl. So we encourage you, you can text the keyword bracket to the University Honda text line. We've got a number of them. 541-497-5356. Just text bracket to 541-497-5356. You'll get a direct link to the contest page. Again, the keyword bracket, text that to the University Honda text line, 541-497-5356. And that is the 1240 Joe Radio Bracket Challenge. But Kerry Eggers does have something going on that yeah. you could also participate in, pros versus Joes, and he has some outstanding pros, including our own Dick Fosbury and Darnell Valentine and others. So we'll talk to Kerry about that, as well as his column about the sad news regarding Bill Shonley retiring. Oh, that's His contract awful. comes to an end this season as Blazer ambassador, and he's had a contract all these years to do that, but at the age of 93, he's not going to continue. He he thinks it's time now even to step away from that role. And so we'll talk to Kerry about that somewhat uh, poignant and sad story about the great Bill Shonley no longer on the day-to-day basis being involved as the Blazers' number one ambassador. Um, Strange to... To, to not have Sean Lee around. But can you imagine working until you're 93? No, no, it's difficult. That's 30 years. That's 30 for me. I mean, that yeah. would be the idea of me doing, you know, still working at, at, in 30 years. And that, how, that's how a hard was, thing uh, to imagine. Scully when he finally I think stepped about back? 80, 88 or something in that range. <coughs> 7, 88. Yeah. Wow. Maybe a little older. Wow. 89. 
Mike in Seattle is called on the Downward Dog phone line, but we've given you a little bit of the lay of the land. Kerry Ager's in a few minutes. Greg Biggins, I just want him to sort of handicap the race. Yeah. <laughs> the JT Daniels sweepstakes, so to speak. It was quite exciting news yesterday. Yeah, I just, I, I like, I mean, he's a five-star kid out of modern day, and I, 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 part of me hopes, with due respect to Tristan Jebby and Chance Nolan and Ben Branson and others, if you have a guy that was a five-star and wanted by everybody and committed to USC and started every game as a freshman for USC and then was the starting quarterback to open the year for Georgia in a year Georgia wins the national championship, granted he ended up getting beaten out, but the injury kind of got him out of that mess. Yes. A lat injury. Stetson Bennett, a walk-on, it's transformed into a starting quarterback. Not the key player for the national championship, but a very good one. Right. And he loses his starting job, and so... Into the portal he goes. And if you get a quarterback sort of on the rebound with two years left and maybe just one to light it up right. and go to the NFL, whatever, you, it, it's almost a bigger version of Matt Moore, in a sense. You yeah. would hope that he could perform as well as Matt did. Matt was a big – and we'll talk to Greg a little bit about if there's any comps with right. Moore's situation coming out of SoCal to UCLA, starting some games, I believe, as a true freshman, and then ending up – of course, here with the rest being glorious history. There were more years with year. Matt, though. Two years with Matt in 05 and 06. <coughs> yeah, and it would be probably, as Angie said, one year. Right. If it were yeah, uh, if JT all, Daniels. If he performs the way he would be expected to. Yeah. I like the Beavers' chances. I looked a little bit at the various offensive coordinators and styles this morning of the other schools that have been advanced. And I think the Beavers' situation in terms of stability, style of play, he might look as an intelligent young man that I'm sure that he is, say, well, they've got a new guy here, this system here. The, I worry, I know West Virginia's in late, and Graham Harrell's the old coordinator yeah, that's a relationship there, and Graham deal. brought him to USC and coached him at USC. That that yeah, that concerns me. Because when I saw that, I'm like, Angie, what, West that's Virginia, an outlier. What's going on it there? It feels like it, but it is sort of an outlier in terms of locale. And quality program as far as, mm-hmm. you know, big name right now and yeah, what you can I, do. Coming back know. to the Pac-12, Mike, it could be attractive to him. So anyway, we'll get into all of that at 12.05. Mike in Seattle has jumped in here. Let's uh, uh, listen and learn from Mike and look ahead to Carrie Eggers, Greg Biggins, and some more open phones. And a new dimension on the show, I want to introduce a new topic later today in the spirit of the old days at the fan where we had Pen talk and cart talk and hockey talk and beaver talk and movie yeah. talk. Yeah, I and, loved movie and talk. And all kinds of talk. I want to add a new dimension to, uh, at least peculiar to our Mid-Valley world, scooter talk coming up a little <laughs> bit later. Let's go to Mike on the Downward Dog phone line. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, guys. And I just wanted to call here first out of the bat. Two years ago, you know, we felt like the world was stopping. It was all brand new to us. About in about two hours from now, I think is when Jared hit that shot. And uh, happy days were here again. Then the world started changing. I want to thank you and John and TJ and Josh, everybody else there at that station, because because uh, the Joe, sh- you know, the Joe Beaver show became the Joe show, became the you know a coffee and toast show. You know, you had. Uh, owners of businesses, you know, that needed a little information to get out there from the guy with the meat that had so much mm-hmm. meat to sell. He mm-hmm. was selling it in parking lots, uh, 
you know, there's a restaurant over there in Palomas that was trying to get the word out. Uh, you've talked to all these companies and people helping them through, you know, this two year and it's been a journey. And, uh, and I think it's not been easy for you guys and everybody there at the station. Uh, but, uh, but it's not lost on me, you know, that really, so that this really serves a surface, you know, to Joe Beaver, all the fans in Beaver nation. And I, uh, I want to thank you for it. It's, it's, it's been quick, but it's been long when you think back to the many things, you know, that we've gotten through. So thank you. And, um, uh, and I hope in the spring here, you know, things are going to get better. Keep opening up mm-hmm. and, uh, and by football season, it'll be back to normal. I hope. Mike, thank you really so much for that. that kind words. And thanks for being along the journey with us. For, thanks for, for the donuts for the last two years. And well yeah. before that, but in particular, the last two years, it's been great, Mike. We appreciate yeah. your contributions. Yeah. On, yeah, I wanted to, to cut down that tree, John, but they wouldn't let me. Remember? I know. <laughs> I wanted you to so bad. I wanted to cut down that bush. <laughs> yep. yep. Thanks a lot, Mike. Great to hear from you. That He frames it well yeah. in, in the sense of, a question that I was hoping to ask later, we do have a couple of special guests in Carrie and Greg Biggins. But when we have some more open phone opportunities later today, and even into next week when we're actually more into the period now, Mike's right. Two years ago today and a couple of hours from now, Jared hits the shot and the Beavers beat Utah and advance in Vegas to play Oregon. And that... That was two years ago today that shot hit. The following day, the news, as we wrap up the thought you were sharing, yeah. you were sharing with me, it's a little bit like yesterday, again, two years. Yesterday, I said I looked up the Beavers. Uh, he said, we're flying on uh, United, uh, not United, we're flying on Alaska to uh, Spokane later. So I quickly looked up, flight Spokane. So I knew what gate the Beaver baseball team was going to be gathering at. So Josh and I texting back and forth, and I, you know, I see him when our paths intersect, and he says, and I don't know what gate we're at. Oh, I do. I wasn't even <laughs> on the flight. So Josh and I walked to, I walked him to the gate that he wasn't quite sure where the team was departing from and said hello to Hank and to Wade Meckler and Matthew Gretler and Jacob Melton and Rich Dorman, and we visited briefly, and then I hustled down to get my bag and, and head home and listen to the rest of the show. But you had, just as I had knowledge of the gate, I'm getting my last notes prepared on my mm-hmm. chart for the Civil War basketball game later that afternoon at T-Mobile Arena. And you're telling me, you, you and I are on the phone talking, you're yeah. on the plane on the tarmac at PDX, yeah. getting ready to fly to Tucson to open conference play two years ago today, or tomorrow actually, but we'll talk right, about it right. in terms of today since we won't be here tomorrow. The, you said to me, Jake Rodriguez says your game against Oregon is canceled. That the Pac-12 tournament's yeah. canceled. Yeah, that as was, I was well, it can't be, John. I have a chart here that says I'm playing and, <laughs> and I'm you're working in Vegas. on it. I'm in Vegas. You I'm know in, how do you know? Yeah, how do you know sitting on the tarmac? <laughs> but within minutes, you were just while we're talking. You yeah. while we, you and I were talking, Jake said, "Guys, we're getting off the plane." And I thought he was joking. Right. It was one of those where you we had just gotten on, and there's the hustle and bustle of of the flight attendants going up and down the aisle, closing, banging right. those things overhead, right. and, and everyone getting ready. And then Jake's kind of joking around, two seats behind me, mentioned the, the, the basketball game, mentioned a few other things. Well, what I found out later was that at that, at that time, uh, Mitch was in the back of the plane in his seat on the phone with Scott Barnes and other athletes, mm-hmm. and I believe 
people from the conference when from the top down it was okay we're 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 killing everything we're killing everything we're mm-hmm. done we're done we're done mm-hmm. and it gets to quickly uh, from a, a text from Mitch to Jake we're done and that's when I heard it he just kind of shouted it out was, and that was the end right um and they know. opened the door to let you off they, they already did. closed the door they had and they also gave us our our luggage which was pretty impressive mm-hmm. with an entire to plane get it off of plane. other people right so that was impressive and then we made our way down and the rest is history but None of us would think that it was two years, Right, that it would be two years. It's not completely over, but mm. tomorrow signifies a big marker. Yeah. Tomorrow would be the anniversary. Well, tomorrow is no mask anymore. It would have been on the 18th for airplanes and airports, but it's been bumped out a month mm-hmm. by the Biden administration. But tomorrow in the state of Oregon, you don't have to wear a mask indoors and out on Oregon State's campus and right. all of that. Everything's kind of back to normal in that respect. It will affect the um, high schoolers over at Gill Coliseum. They'll get to go to the game without mm-hmm. a mask. Mm-hmm. So it's just ironic that on the day that it all stopped is also the day two years later that we take off the masks. Let's take a break and come back with Kerry Eggers. But along the way, if you're you, the way you've watched sports, appreciated sports, come to you know maybe even distance yourself a little bit, not coming to games as much, the whole world we've been in for two years, which, as John just said, it feels as though when you come to the ballpark Tuesday, Grand Canyon University, Goss Stadium, McCollman Field, no masks, things closer back to normal after two long years. What has your experience taken shape? What's it been like as a fan these last two years? We really appreciate Mike in Seattle sort of thanking us. We've gone through it. We've gone through it together here on the air for two years, and we've had a lot of games and things to talk about, but it's been different, and it feels as though the difference is diminishing. We're getting back to the closer to what we've known and appreciated all these years together as as sports fans with uh, tomorrow in in Vegas, it felt n- normal, John. No no masks in the stands there. Nevada had already lifted their mandate, so mm-hmm. things looked normal on the Strip in Vegas, people everywhere. Until you had to go to the airport. Yeah, and the airport was a little different. But we'll talk about all of that, we hope, with you via text and phone calls later. Harry Eggers up next with Greg Biggins on the JT Daniels Watch. All of that coming up today. Thanks for joining us on 1240 Joe Radio. Every Qdoba catering order is a fresh-made Mexican feast of hand-smashed, flame-grilled, sliced, diced, and sautéed flavors perfect for any occasion. Whether you're planning your office's Tortilla Tuesday, hosting a post-game party for your intramural dodgeball team, or trying to bring in a dinner for your PTA meeting that's so good, it'll bump your kid up to an A-minus in Spanish class. Qdoba Catering. Fresh, hot, easy, delicious. Order today. Whether you are looking for your first job or an exciting career change, at Intech we are looking for you. Intech is growing and offers entry-level wages starting at $18 to $22 per hour, as well as excellent pay and benefit opportunities for established professionals, immediate full benefit eligibility, health insurance, 401k, life and disability, tuition reimbursement, and so much more. Career opportunities from entry-level to professional are available. To start enjoying the career you've always wanted, visit entek.com and click on the Careers tab. We're excited to meet you. 
Win meet at the Albany Gun Club, March 12th meet shoot with junior, beginner, intermediate, and advanced yardages plus games. Entry tickets are just $5 a round, and you'll have a chance to win bacon, sausage, ham, and jerky. Shooting starts at 9. If you haven't joined the Albany Gun Club, join today. It's only $20 a year, and you'll receive a discount on rounds that will quickly cover your membership costs. The club is a great place for networking, friendships, and a safe place to shoot. Albany Gun Club, three and three quarters miles east of I-5 on Highway 20. For more info, go to albanygunclub.com. If you've been putting off that home remodeling project but have finally decided to take a leap and get it done, Corvallis Floor Covering can help. Stop by and browse through their large showroom with a wide variety of carpet, laminate, tile, wood, and vinyl flooring and window coverings from all the popular brands. Corvallis Floor Covering is at the corner of 2nd and Van Buren downtown or log on to corvallisfloorcovering.com. Shop local. Shop Corvallis Floor Covering. And go Beeves. For auto glass solutions, better call the glass man. Call 541-760-2277. Call the glass man. Hi, this is Jake the Glassman. If you need your windshield repaired or replaced, you don't need to call that 800 number. Give me a call. For auto glass solutions, better call the glass man. Call 541-760-2277. Call the glass man. Need an extra bed for the family? Expect an out-of-town guest this summer? Not sure where they're going to sleep? You could add a new bedroom onto the house. Or an easier and less expensive solution would be to buy a futon from Futon Man in Corvallis. Futon Man has quality constructed solid hardwood frames in lots of styles and finishes. Their mattresses are highly resilient, have a long-lasting foam core, and are made right in the store. There's lots of decorative cover choices, too. Stop by Futon Man, two miles north of Corvallis on Highway 99, or online at futon-man.com. The home of the Oregon State Beavers. 1240. Joe Radio. Mike Parker with John Warren. Great to have you with us on the Joe Beaver Show. Greg Biggins coming up in a few minutes. Actually, 12.05, but as fast as time goes as we sit in the two-year anniversary of Jared Lucas hitting a three out of the corner to beat Utah and the world stopping and changing. Two years later, two years to the day, Jared hit that shot in Vegas. And in the way of introducing our next guest and a good friend to Beaver Nation and to the show and to both uh, John and me over the years, it's a pleasure to welcome in Carrie Eggers, the Dean of Portland Sports Writers, to the show. Carrie, two years ago today, since uh, we've been talking about it a little bit, Lucas hits the three. What were you doing two years ago today when the NBA shut down? What, what do you remember most about just those, those early days that began essentially two years ago today? Well, and, you know, we've heard rumors that this virus was going to, you know, really impact, uh, you know, everything. And, I remember sitting in the press room with Dwight James and Jason Quick and some guys, and Jason making the comment. I said, do you think they're actually going to – because they they changed it to where they, they – we weren't able to get into the locker room. This was in March of 2020. Mm-hmm. And uh, they so they would bring them into the press room, which was unusual. I mean, it was unprecedented since I covered the team. And um, I asked Jason, I said, he says, well, I think, I think they're going to stop play on Friday. And I thought, hmm. And they stopped it on Wednesday, <laughs> and so uh, you know it was it, it came it was it was we'd had some advance warning, but it was very abrupt. And once it happened, everything was shut down. And then 
uh, you know, I, if, if memory serves, uh, in about two or three weeks, uh, I was laid off at the Portland Tribune. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it, it happened quickly, didn't it? What your your point is, it it, it stunned me, it stunned us, that it, it all, and I think Rudy Gobert, right? Well, hadn't there been a little bit of, yes. if you could remind me about Rudy's place in all of this, was he the one that kind of spit on some microphones or something? Or, I mean, what happened? Yeah, he just, I don't think he spit on him. He breathed on him and, you know, touched him and grabbed him. He was sitting at a, a press conference, and, and uh, all the people had put their, you know, their uh, uh, digital recorders up on the, on the uh, podium. And at, at the end, jokingly, of course, you know, like, like there's nothing to worry about, folks. And mm-hmm. he did that. And then, of course, it proved to be a very uh, stupid thing that he did, and he, he apologized for it later. Kerry Eggers joining us on the Joe Beaver Show. Kerry, part of it's always a pleasure to talk to you about so many things, but one of the stories that, that came out here from you a little while back, uh, come come one, come all, you forecasters, pros versus Joe's bracket challenge beckons. Is it is there still time since the field has, I mean, what, what do you got going? Uh, the field hasn't been set. I assume people can still sign up. What is pros versus Joe's? Well, th- thanks for asking, yeah. Mike. This is a, the brainchild of Dave Wilson, who, as you know, is my uh, web uh, supervisor and, and designer. And he says, you ought to do a bracket challenge. And so I said, okay. And so what we did was we lined up 20, quote, celebrities, uh, people that you know I've, I've dealt with through the years and enjoyed. And, and uh, everybody but one guy said they would do it. And the one guy that didn't want to do it was Stan Love, who's dealing with some health issues. But... Everybody else is on board. Some people have never filled out a bracket. Uh, I'm doing a story daily on each of these 20 mm-hmm. people, uh, which has been pretty busy. Uh, but um, and and then the, yeah, the public, all the subscribers can sign up for the. Uh, what you'll do is you'll go to a website and then plug in whatever the, the uh, you know there's a code or my name or something, and and that you don't have to do this until after Sunday, obviously, when the the brackets are announced. But the so, uh, yeah, it's something that we, it, we're just, it, we're excited to do it, and we encourage everybody to, and there'll be some kind of a prize uh, once we decide who is the winner. I was going to ask you, what what's the prize that I get when I win? <laughs> <laughs> no, we, we haven't really decided that totally yet. I, I know one part of it will be a, a, a you know, a cursey book, which you guys already have, so... If, if you win it, John, then we'll have to think of something else. <laughs> hey, Kerry, you, you mentioned, I mean, this is open for uh, the brackets, which will be announced on Sunday, March the 13th, yes. uh, this coming Sunday. More information will be available shortly after when you can sign up in advance to participate. So the best way to just go to carrieggers.com to navigate all of this? Yes. Okay, gotcha. Yep, yep, and I'm told it's very simple. And, and uh, you know, of course, things that are simple for Dave Wilson on the Internet yes. and that kind of thing are not the same as Kerry Eggers. So I'm hopeful that he's, <laughs> he's not... Uh, kidding me here. I understand exactly what you mean. You have you. So, are you doing a, a a profile on the celebrities that are involved in this each day leading up to it? How many are you in? I've seen Twardzik, Fosbury, Darnell Valentine. Who are June Jones, Mark Schwartz? That's cool. I didn't yep. know Schwartz. Was, Schwartz is now living in Portland. Is that correct? Yeah, he's lived there uh, since 2017. We ran. Dwight and I ran into him in the, uh, the open media day. And I said, what are you doing here? He said, I moved here. So, uh, he's still here and, uh, it's great. And he's a great guy. And he's, he, as you know, he's, uh, had the longest tenure of any reporter at, at the uh, ESPN 32 years and just retired last month. And a good reporter, wasn't he, Kerry? He really, he really was. He did a lot of NBA stuff, but he did 
a lot of other things. He wasn't flamboyant, but he, I thought he was a pretty hard-hitting guy, and he wasn't afraid to ask a tough question and, and always did a good job. I'll give you my quick uh, experience with Mark, and it, you know, someday if we get him on the Joe Beaver Show, I may revisit this. One of the assignments, I don't know what you did relative to the Tanya Harding saga uh, with Nancy Kerrigan <laughs> and the attack, but Schwartz was out from ESPN, and since I recognized him, Whenever I'd go down to the courthouse for the fan back in the old days to cover, well, uh-huh. she's coming. Here they come. There, she's getting out of the car. You know, you had to be there to cover it. Schwartz knew yeah. the ins and outs of that world pretty well. He said, "Just follow along with me. Just stay with me. I'll help you with this." And we ended up talking quite a bit about a lot of things. But we shared the Tanya Harding story together, and oh he was gosh. very kind to me. <laughs> Did you cover that at all, Kerry? Not at all. Not I was in '94, uh, right? I, yeah, I was. Uh, I was right in the heart of it when I was covering the NBA for the Oregonian. <laughs> I wasn't sure if it was all hands on deck for everybody. Get down to the courthouse. We we can't miss her getting out of the car or whatever it was. I think Abby Haight, if I remember correctly, was yeah. our beat person on that that one. Okay. <laughs> Carrie Eggers joining us. Hey, speaking of, of the paper, now, I don't want to take you down a road that, you know, you and I have <laughs> talked on and off the air. I don't remember on so much about – Whatever one's opinion may be of John Canzano as a columnist, and we can leave that alone, I wasn't, I was not pleased, Kerry, to read that he's no longer going to be writing for Oregon Live and quote unquote the Oregonian. Not, and that's beyond whether or not, you know, whatever you think of him or his work, but just as a sign of the times for newspapers in general. That's how I looked at that as a story. I don't, how do you feel about, I mean, you're continuing to write online stuff and all of that, so we still we live in a world where all of our information comes that way. But for me, I felt a twinge of regret almost that the daily columnist in a print newspaper, and now with John not doing that anymore, where are we in the newspaper industry vis-a-vis columnists? Or does online provide plenty of opportunity for all of that? Yeah, I, I, I know. It's uh, it's hard to fathom almost where we are with the newspaper industry now. And, you know, John's situation, as I understand it, they, I mean, this is what Therese Bottomley wrote, was that they're going to have a national search uh, for a replacement, and we'll see if that actually happens. They will replace him, and, you know, it'll be up to the reader to decide whether they replace him adequately or not. But uh, uh, I, I like... Um, I like columnists, and it used to be, uh, you remember the day when every major paper had more than one columnist. You had two or three, and, you know, the San Francisco papers and, hell, the New York papers had ten columnists. And uh, now, you know, it seems like it's one or none. We didn't have, uh, you know, aside from myself at the Tribune, there wasn't anybody after Dwight James left. So it's it's um, it's sad to see, and, and uh, I, I enjoy it. And I, John's now, I understand he's, he's going to continue his radio uh, show and then uh, we'll have a, a newsletter as, as, as I understand it. Three hours, I guess. They moved his time too. And Carrie, don't you remember back? I don't know exactly what life was like in the business when you started, but the the columnists for for battling newspapers, two different newspapers, two different columnists stirring things up in the sports world, and it's pretty well chronicled in a lot of the old baseball movies. Yeah, the, you know. Oh, by the way, those are. <laughs> You know, I, I, I've never, I used to laugh about you'd have, you know, 10 reports. Hey, Joe, what do you think? Hey, what do you think about this? You know, I've never been involved in anything like that. It's always been more, you know, tame and, and, and orderly than that. But, 
in terms of yeah, in terms of competition with columns, I mean most you know most cities had two an afternoon paper and a, and a morning paper, and I worked at the Journal and the Oregonian, and and there was tremendous competition from not just the columnists from the papers, and uh, that that was a, a neat thing to see. It was a good thing for journalism mm-hmm. because you tried to you know do a better job than the than the other guy. Kerry, did you ever, in that respect, when you look back at your career, and we had such a delightful time when we came, um, and so, the last time I saw Bill Shonley, and I want to talk to you about him, and celebrated your career 50 years in the business. Along the way, did, did, how competitive were you in that world? Did you, do you have a story or two that you beat the Oregonian to when you were at the Journal or vice versa, where competition kicked in and you hustled and got something before anybody else did. Any story like or two like that come along in your mind? You know, nothing specific, but I'll tell you this: when we were at the Journal and, and the Oregonian was, we were owned by the Oregonian Publishing Company. It was a JOA, a Joint Operating Agreement. But uh, and, so, and we were in the same building as them. We were on, a lot of most of the time we were on the fourth floor. They were on the third floor. So and, and we were friendly. I was friendly with Leo Davis and. You know, Ken Go when he was he was came in a year or two after me, and uh, some of those guys were really good people. Uh, Lynn Muck and I liked him. He was the Oregonian sports editor. But no, we wanted to beat them, and uh, we were kind of known as the local paper. Oregonian was more of a paper of record, but we were the paper that covered the preps and and the smaller stories, and 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 you know we had a little bit of time during a day to be a little more up to date than they them too. Uh, I think our deadline was like one o'clock in the afternoon. So, so anyway, uh, you know, it was a it was a different time, and and but it was very competitive, and and I always wanted to to you know do a better story than those folks at the Oregonian. Last thing on this, we'll get to Bill Shonley. I know uh, we've had you for a while. Thanks, Kerry. But <laughs> there were two early indoctrinations after I got here, after doing mostly high school stuff up in uh, in Portland prior to coming down here, to the competitive world of broadcasting, writing, and not sharing. So we used to do the third floor Valley stuff. Remember that? Everybody would go and you yeah. talk to the coaches. And at the end of it, all the newspaper guys would get up and go to the table. And I, I remember asking out loud one time, what were they doing that for? We just got everything. And Buker, you know, from the old school, <laughs> kind of turns around and goes, we want to get our own stuff. And, like, you know, <laughs> dummy. And he goes, and I go, oh, yeah, of course, that makes sense. And then another one where we're all out on the practice field and Paul was doing a, a one-on-one and – I saddled up, and I know, Mike, you've had this happen, saddled up like, oh, okay, and then stuck the microphone in there, and then he just kind of turned and gave the look like, uh, this is not for everybody, and just kind of, okay, backwards slink, you know, like, uh, I get it, I get it, it's a one but I've been doing one-on-ones where everybody comes over when they're done with someone else and puts the microphone in, so uh, <laughs> those were two indoctrinations into your world of... No, nah, this is my stuff here, not not anybody else's. That's one thing that's missing too is is you know that the opportunity to have a conversation one on one and get exclusive stuff. Uh, you know, at the Oregonian now they still. I'm sorry, at the Trailblazers now they still, and in the entire NBA they've not opened up the locker rooms. So uh, it it really creates a real problem for reporters if they aren't able to re- uh, get a relationship going with the coaches and the players and 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 in effect have their own story instead of just a story that everybody else has. Yeah. Kerry Eger is joining us for a few more minutes. Kerry, what about, and this brings up the whole electronic versus print, you know, Buker giving John the uh, 
you know, the cold stare for coming over. Paul's writing. John's got a microphone. <laughs> that was a much bigger deal at one time. Those walls broke down, though, too. I remember the controversy over whether Dwight. Now, here's Canzano writing a column and hosting a radio show. But remember uh-huh. Dwight's battle to try to do both, and he, he quit. The Oregonian wouldn't let him? Yes. I mean, what yeah, about he quit, that? Uh, I think it was 98 or 99 he quit the paper because he, he was – uh, con- or he was he had negotiated a, a radio deal at uh, I think it was 1080 Mike where you were yeah, and yeah. and uh, and then uh, you know that he left them and then uh, two years later Bob Pamplin started the, the Tribune and he was back in the newspaper business right it, but was that at one time Carrie I mean you you writers it seems as though the world all blends together now and writers are talk show hosts or vice versa or whatever else but wasn't there at one time a, a real dividing line between those worlds. Well, if you, the, the Oregonian would not allow uh, any. They thought it was a conflict of interest, and what we try, you know, we tried to sell them that actually it'll give you more publicity, it'll get more exposure to what you're doing. But uh, you'd have to also have to have a, a. I think you know the newspaper should have the first crack at it. In other words, you're getting paid probably more by the paper in those days than you were by the radio station. So you better break any story in the paper mm-hmm. first, right? Hey, Kerry, last, uh, last thing. Uh, do you have the list in front of you of all your celebrities? I don't want to make you have to reel them all up. Maybe you can off the top of your head, but I'm interested to know. We've mentioned a few. Do you have the whole list there? Well, you, yes, I do. You, you, you mentioned several of yeah. them. I would, Evanston Bernard was today. Good. Uh, uh, Neil Everett, the, the, um, um, the broadcaster, mm-hmm. Lester Connor, um, uh, actually um, Dick Fosbury, um, June Jones, Brooke Olsendam's going to do it. I've already written hers. Frank the Flake Peters, you guys both know him. <laughs> yeah. uh, Steve Priest, uh, mm-hmm. Michaela Pivik. I think uh-huh. Michaela was yesterday. It was great. Got a chance to talk to her uh, in, in, over in, uh, um, let's see, she's in Spain, and we did a nice interview. I did Charlie Sitton yesterday. You mentioned Twardzik, Darnell Valentine, Mike Walder, the great ex-duck who won three Super Bowls mm-hmm. with the, uh, uh, the 49ers, and Brian Wheeler. Excellent. So you talked to Wheels. How 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 did how is he doing? If you don't mind, did you write him up yet? Yeah, he was the first one. Okay. Uh, Wheels is optimistic. Uh, you know, he said he hopes that his health and his uh, in his sixties will be better than the fifties. I think he turned sixty this year. Uh, he's still having health issues, but he's writing a book and he's hoping to get back into some sort of broadcasting. And that's what we wrote about. Good. I'm glad to hear that, Kerry. Finally, speaking of some sort of broadcasting. We close with this. I was uh, while I was in Vegas. I read your stuff, and I came across just a a, a, a story that gave me a twinge, nearly a tear. Oh, no, no, that, that Bill Shonley yeah. officially you wrote at the age of ninety three is officially kind of retiring from the ambassador's role. What can you tell us about what you wrote and what you know about Bill Shonley, the great, at this stage of his life and, and career? I just think that he he came to the realization they don't have a lot for him to do anymore, and he's he's having a harder time getting around. He's got a hip issue. In fact, today he's getting a, having a hip uh, procedure done. I hope it uh, alleviates it now. But he's uh, walking with a cane. It's again harder to get around. Uh, Bill is still as sharp as ever. He really is, and he's still as eager to do things. But uh, I think he just figured it was time to to you know cut the cut the cord. And uh, he's actually turns ninety three on June first. Um, he, he really, they'll have a night for him, uh, the last game of the season, April 10th. And, uh, it'll be a chance for 
people to, um, you know, say goodbye to one of the real true legends of sports in, in Oregon history. Terry, thank you for your time, as always. Uh, again, uh, you've got the bracket challenge going on, pros versus Joes, your bracket challenge, com, the place to go. We look forward to reading all of the stories that you you have filed or will file on the celebrities involved in this. Thanks for taking time for us, as always, Kerry. We appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Kerry Eggers, the dean of Portland sports. Yeah. That's a pretty good list of celebrities. Yeah. And a lot of good old duck guy that Oregon State flavor. Did he, Mike Walter? Is that the last? Uh, oh, yeah. He, um, that might have been the Oregon guy who was talking. The 49ers. About. Charlie Sitton, Michaela Pivik, Lester Connor, uh, Steve Evanson Bernard, Steve Priest. Yeah, it's got really good Oregon State flavor. Of course, he, he's a beaver. Dick Gar- Fosbury. Oh, and Dick Fosbury. Yeah. Um, Darnell Valentine. I can't. When I was looking for you, I was like, find these guys. I'm like, I didn't. <laughs> You hey, know what I looked? I was scrolling. It was the the articles were the list. The, I yes. thought it was in an. Article. I thought there was one article that listed all the no, pros. And it, it was like, oh, if I keep scrolling, there it is. Number six, and, yeah, then, yeah. and then the story after that. So the headline told me what the numbers were, and I, I scrambled to get them at the last second. But just seeing, I read a little bit of the article with Dave Twardzik. Just seeing in print, Dave Twardzik seventy one. Yeah. I know he's seventy-one. I know they're all. I were all mm-hmm. those, but I, I could. I don't know why. My brain just said no. It can't be true. Dave Twardzik, seventy-one, and of course, in that article, you got to go to carryagers.com. He's got all these photographs of kids wearing the old Dave Twardzik T-shirt with in a, like a star and a photograph. I had those T-shirts back in the day, and Dave Twardzik now seventy-one. He was one of my all-time favorites. And I liked him as a broadcaster. He did mm-hmm. some uh, analyst work mm-hmm. with Sean's after. They were uh, good together. Yeah. They, they, because they, they Twardzik, Twardzik had, it, like Mike Rice ended up having too. Mm-hmm. Jeff Petrie, a little less so. Jeff was very Jeff good. Jeff was very good. But he was a little bit more analytical. Mm-hmm. But Dave had some fun with it. He kind of reminded me a little bit of Dandy Don in football in yeah. the booth. Just kind of, yeah, he, he could bring a smile to your face. Uh, just by just some of the observations, yeah. droll yeah, and ride that he so would make. Funny. I mean, and Sean Lee. I mean, Sean Lee's dramatics were unmatched. I mean, absolutely the best. Um, yes. Daryl Lonnie had a little bit of that. He was he was kind of like that, but more more of a straight man. I mean, Sean Lee would just go over the top. <laughs> just you've got <laughs> to make <laughs> your free throws. Daryl's great dramatics were. You just can't, you know, if the Beavers would fumble it on, on a wishbone play or an option play, and the Beavers put it on the carpet again, you just can't talk about the play, Bobby. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean he, he got to the point where he didn't want to talk about it anymore, and then he had Bobby no, Grimm yeah. to talk about just it. Just absolute cold. Talk about the play, Bobby. We, <laughs> we, we close this segment with, you talk about, he was talking about Sean Lee having a hip procedure today. Yeah. Oh. Uh, Walking with a cane, Bill Walton came. Our brief contact in Vegas, Bill Walton came sidling over to where Sean Scheffler and I were sitting during the Beavers' one little shoot around at T Mobile Arena. Bill and Roxy and Ashley all came by to say hello and visit a little bit, visited with Wayne while the guys were shooting around a little bit. And Bill sat down with me and 
was kind of him. He said, here, have a seat over here. And I ended up, I was in Ashley Adams' seat. She comes by <laughs> and, and kind of reaching around to get her stuff. And I said, oh, Ashley, I'm sorry. Bill asked me to sit. And, and she said, well, if Bill asked you to sit here, you stay put. I'll work around <laughs> you. So, so Bill's talking. And we talked a little bit about Bruce Coburn, as we often do, and, and the fact that his hero, Jerry Garcia, covered one of Bruce's songs called Waiting for a Miracle. Every time I see Bill, I say, you know, Bruce covered, I mean, uh, Jerry covered Bruce's Waiting for, oh, Waiting for a Miracle. That's the story of my life. <laughs> has he adopted, has he kind of d- t- listened to some Coburn stuff? Yes, he has. Uh, he has, and I showed him one for this time, and he said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use that. Oh, I've got to listen to this guy, you know, and I showed him that. And here's the line from the song that we use, you know, Bells Will Ring When mm-hmm. You Arrive. That's one of his latest songs from the 71-year-old Bruce Coburn, when you mentioned 71 and seeing Bill kind of sidling over slowly. Yeah. And Bruce writes, limping like a three-legged canine, backbone creaking like a cheap shoe, dragging the accretions of a lifetime, but you ought to make another mile or two. And he goes, oh, he starts writing all that down because it's so true. Backbone creaking like a cheap shoe, dragging the accretions of a lifetime. It's it's what we're where we are and what we're. It is, and I don't know why. It, the, the other day, Jason, our general manager, and I were talking about reaction videos. I mean, I, I, you know, we love to do that. So you go on YouTube. He said, You will not believe it for Phil Collins. Now, Phil Collins' oh, I in saw reaction it. world yeah. is so great with his live performance, and he's just, I mean, the coolest of the cool. Well, if you, if you YouTube, go to YouTube.com and put in Phil Collins Australia. He comes out mm-hmm. with a cane. He can barely walk. I, I got to read up on him to see if he's if he's suffering from something. His face looks it looks yeah. like a cartoon. I know. I and saw then a he photograph. Does the whole concert sitting in a chair. Right. I couldn't believe it. I know. But he ought to make another mile or two. We're going to take That's a break right. and come back. If you have thoughts about two years ago today, when the world as we knew it stopped, and it feels like it's beginning to rotate again. Your thoughts about that the last two years? Has your fandom changed at all? In what way? More appreciative, less appreciative, less sports-oriented? Becoming Coming back to it now? Whatever your thoughts about the last couple of years. Two years ago today, Lucas beat Utah with a three. It's been an interesting two years, hasn't it? 497-5356-1240 Joe Radio. The Peacock Bar and Grill is making eating out affordable with a 650 specials from 11 till 9 every day of the week. On Monday, it's a small sirloin steak dinner. Tuesday, any pub-sized burger on the menu. Wednesday, it's an open-faced hot turkey sandwich. Thursday, it's spaghetti and meatballs. Friday is a French dip. Saturday, pulled pork sliders. And Sunday, it's mac and cheese. You can always call ahead and get it to go or have it delivered. The Peacock Bar and Grill, a local favorite since 1929 on 2nd Street, downtown Corvallis. Trump's Hobbies has been serving the area since 1972 and is a proud supporter of schools, clubs, and groups throughout the Mid-Valley. Trump's has the area's largest selection of radio-controlled cars, boats, airplanes, and helicopters, plus drones, plastic models, model trains, fantasy games, collector cards, and modeling tools, parts, paints, and supplies. Whether you're an experienced modeler or just starting out, Trump's is there to help. Build it. Drive it. 
Fly it! Trump Zombies in the Timberhill Shopping Center in Corvallis, bringing enjoyment to life. Whether you are looking for your first job or an exciting career change, at Intech, we are looking for you. Intech is growing and offers entry-level wages starting at $18 to $22 per hour, as well as excellent pay and benefit opportunities for established professionals, immediate full benefit eligibility, health insurance, 401k, life and disability, tuition reimbursement, and so much more. Career opportunities from entry-level to professional are available. To start enjoying the career you've always wanted, visit entek.com and click on the Careers tab. We're excited to meet you. Win meet at the Albany Gun Club March 12th meet shoot with junior, beginner, intermediate, and advanced yardages plus games. Entry tickets are just $5 a round, and you'll have a chance to win bacon, sausage, ham, and jerky. Shooting starts at 9. If you haven't joined the Albany Gun Club, join today. It's only $20 a year, and you'll receive a discount on rounds that will quickly cover your membership costs. The club is a great place for networking, friendships, and a safe place to shoot. Albany Gun Club, three and three quarters miles east of I-5 on Highway 20. For more info, go to albanygunclub.com. Whether you are looking for your first job or an exciting career change, at Intech, we are looking for you. Intech is growing and offers entry-level wages starting at $18 to $22 per hour, as well as excellent pay and benefit opportunities for established professionals, immediate full benefit eligibility, health insurance, 401k, life and disability, tuition reimbursement, and so much more. Career opportunities from entry-level to professional are available. To start enjoying the career you've always wanted, visit entek.com and click on the Careers tab. We're excited to meet you. Win meet at the Albany Gun Club March 12th meet shoot with junior, beginner, intermediate, and advanced yardages plus games. Entry tickets are just $5 a round, and you'll have a chance to win bacon, sausage, ham, and jerky. Shooting starts at 9. If you haven't joined the Albany Gun Club, join today. It's only $20 a year, and you'll receive a discount on rounds that will quickly cover your membership costs. The club is a great place for networking, friendships, and a safe place to shoot. Albany Gun Club, three and three quarters miles east of I-5 on Highway 20. For more info, go to albanygunclub.com. If you feel you're overpaying on your taxes and you're not as profitable as you should be, you're not alone. At Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis, they can help because that's what they do. They work with individuals and business owners to lower your taxes, increase your profit, and manage your cash flow. They provide bookkeeping and payroll services too. Give them a call at 541-753-4185. That's 753-4185. And get in the game. Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis, your hometown tax team, and go Beavs. Wrapping up the first hour, Shane and Corvallis is on the Downward Dog phone line. Dave from Sandy, thank you for the kind yeah. words on the University Honda text line about the, the show continuing the last two years, evolving into the Joe show for a while. After the Joe Beaver show in the world of sports, we kind of evolved into a different format, 10 to 12, and talked about a lot of things uh, some of some of what were public service in nature, uh, information about what businesses and, and companies and so on were doing to try to get through those first initial six, seven months, very difficult time. But here we are two years later, two years to the day now when Lucas hit his three to beat Utah, and that was the last game. John got off the, the plane at PDX, and it took me two days to get out of Vegas to get back home. But as we welcome Shane in, we're grateful to have kind of made it through the last couple of years and moving, maybe t- beginning to really turn a corner in a significant way here in the days ahead. Shane, good morning. Welcome to the Joe Beaver Show. 
Good morning, fellas. I just uh, wanted to uh, throw my thoughts about the two-year anniversary of uh, the world as we know it, um, of sports and athletics. And, um, man, it's been a roller coaster. Um, and I first want to thank you guys for keeping your show going um, for us fans uh, during the pandemic um, and what you guys do. Um I'm thankful for you guys. Thank um, you. <laughs> did I lose you there? No, yeah, I'm just saying thank you, Shane, for that. That's kind of you uh, to say. Okay. So, yeah, go on, go ahead. What else is on your mind? Oh, just uh, wanted to say that it's been a great, um, it's been a great pleasure to see everything opening back up and seeing fans in the stands mm-hmm. for the gymnastics meets yeah. at. Uh, I, I would say world, uh, um, the world famous Jaden, you know, <laughs> right. seeing her, getting to see her compete with all the fans in the stands. And man, it is a pleasure to see all the fans back. Yep. Oh, yeah. Uh, we took these things for granted for so long. I don't think, I hope we never do again. Both. You know, the student-athletes themselves have said to have fans back in the stands, they forgot what that really meant. The baseball players in surprise when they were greeted by 4,000 fans on a Saturday down there a couple of weeks ago. They just said, wow. (laughs) Clearly, we've been waiting and pining and hoping for these days to return, and they are. It's been slowly, but they are. And I'm glad you appreciate it, Shane. Yeah, I just uh, wanted to throw that out there quickly. uh, Thank you. Keep uh, keep the good work going, and uh, we'll be seeing you fellas later. Thank Hope you. So. Keep Thank the you, good Shane. texts. The, the texts are great coming from Shane and everybody yeah. else. That's very nice. Absolutely. If you along the way want to reflect it all, I mean, as John said earlier, and, and it's true, I mean, we're not still some work to do, not completely 100% free, like in whatever normal was is you know it's 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 never going to quite be the same but life isn't anyway no matter no, what pandemic no. or no pandemic every year brings its own kinds of challenges and things are on, never the same exactly out of control exactly so we're not you know and that's another line from bruce coburn too that i gave to bill once and so i'll use that someday too the trouble with normal he says is it always gets worse. <laughs> anyway, we've got Greg Biggins coming up next to talk about JT Daniels, 1240 Joe Radio. Okay, please. Here's the microphone. Is this thing on? This is KEJO Corvallis. Everybody hear me? We're on in five. And QID. 1240 Joe Radio. I'm Frank Miller with Your Money Now. Well, it's been the case for most of the day. Stocks remain mixed. The Dow seeing some modest gains, although it's dipped below the unchanged line occasionally. The S&P 500 modestly lower for most of today's trading, while the Nasdaq has remained firmly in the red. Well, Americans continue to take on more debts. An increase in household debt is being blamed on consumer credit and mortgages. The figure overall, nationwide, topping $65 trillion. The government, the biggest contributor to that debt, with more than $28.5 trillion. Meanwhile, consumers are said to be to blame for the jump in household debt. And the Commissioner of the Internal Revenue Service is calling for an all-hands-on-deck approach as the IRS is looking to process millions of filed returns. The IRS says it's going to be hiring some 10,000 workers to help process those returns. Half of those positions will be filled in the short term, while the remaining jobs should be filled within the next year. And that is Your Money Now. That dinner was delicious. What's next? 
Uh, I'm thinking just the check. Do you frequently have gas, bloating, diarrhea, stomach pain, or loose oily stools after eating? One or more of these symptoms could be a sign of exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, or EPI. And it may be time to talk to your doctor. If you have EPI, Creon may be right for you. Creon, pancrelipase, is an oral prescription medication that treats EPI. Creon replaces enzymes you may be missing to help you break down food properly. Creon may increase your chance of fibrosis colonopathy, a rare bowel disorder. Do not chew capsules or contents as this may cause mouth irritation. Tell your doctor if you have unusual or severe stomach pain, bloating, trouble passing stool, nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, worsening of painful swollen joints, or allergic reactions. Other side effects may include changes in blood sugars, gas, dizziness, or sore throat and cough. These are not all the side effects of Creon. Talk to your doctor about Creon, the number one prescribed EPI treatment, and visit gocreon.com. That's G-O-C-R-E-O-N.com. Or call 1-800-633-911. Win meet at the Albany Gun Club March 12th meet shoot with junior, beginner, intermediate, and advanced yardages plus games. Entry tickets are just $5 a round, and you'll have a chance to win bacon, sausage, ham, and jerky. Shooting starts at 9. If you haven't joined the Albany Gun Club, join today. It's only $20 a year, and you'll receive a discount on round that will quickly cover your membership costs. The club is a great place for networking, friendships, and a safe place to shoot. Albany Gun Club, three and three quarters miles east of I-5 on Highway 20. For more info, go to albanygunclub.com. Does your financial advisor take the time to really listen to you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situation change? Hi, I'm former Oregon State athlete Tim Ewis, your Corvallis Edward Jones financial advisor. When we work together, we'll focus on what's important to you. We'll use an established process to create a personalized financial strategy backed by the advice, tools, and resources to help you reach your goals. And we'll partner to help your strategy stay on track. Contact me today, 541 Edward Jones, member SIPC. Hi, I'm Dennis Silvers, the golf guru, with another golf minute to help you obtain more lofty goals with your short game. Most every time you play around the golf, you're going to be faced with having to hit a high pitch shot. And the one club I trust more than any other is my sandwich. This club has plenty of loft built right in, but you have to make sure you use the loft properly all the way through the shot. The way to do this is in the setup. In order to take advantage of the club's loft, set up to the shot with the shaft pointed to the center of your body. Use your belt buckle as a guide. The shaft should be straight up and down with your hands even with or just slightly behind the ball. Resist the temptation to angle the club forward before your takeaway. This de-lofts the club and produces a lower shot. So remember, to take advantage of the club's loft, use your belt buckle as a guide. No belt buckle? Hope your pants stay up. For the Golf Minute, I'm Dennis Silvers. My sign is a potential customer's first impression, so it needs to be perfect. It's possible at Staples. There are four other bakeries within five blocks of here. My shop needs to stand out. Also possible. With Staples Print and Marketing Services, small businesses can print big with wide format signs and banners. Right now, get $10 off custom printed signs, banners, and posters when you spend $50 or more. Create your sign at Staples. The Working and Learning Store ends 326. Visit staples.com slash signage for details. Any supplier can drop a box outside your door. But if you want a partner who delivers great customer service too, rely on Cintas. Your dedicated service reps can deliver what you need to help your business run smoothly. From essential cleaning products to hygienically cleaned apparel, fire protection services to first aid and safety supplies. That service you can't get from a box. Oh, I'm ready! Visit Cintas.com and get ready for the workday. 
Let's hear a story. Someone somewhere a long time ago made a suggestion to a kid in L.O. You ought to go on the radio. But everybody knows. Take two to make a radio program. Down south, the Rau River kid wasn't so sure and still isn't. I'm just a country boy. I ain't even sure I want to stay in this dang old radio business. Ah, but stay, they both did, and met up in the Mid-Valley 20 years ago with a compulsion to tell them about the beavers in Corvallis and beyond. Tell them in Eugene, Albany, Salem, tell them! And in Jervis and Amity and Shedd and Lewisburg. Ah, but not just for today. Why are those radio programs every week? Have you a radio program coming in right now? Yes, but a reminder. Life's so Yes, call now, because the Joe Beaver Show is on the air on 1240 Joe Radio. Well, we're actually grateful that we've been able to make a connection on our Downward Dog phone line with our next guest. Yesterday, John, I really appreciated the visit you had with Angie Machado, the local arm of 24-7 Sports with BeaverBlitz.com. But it was one of those things that whetted my appetite a little bit more from the, the great job that Angie and Carter and they've done over the years on the site, Carter Baines now, who sent us some audio from today's spring practice, which we'll get to later. But I thought of our next guest, Greg Biggins, and kind of wanted to pick his brain about the... What was the term you used? I want to and get him to pick pick the race, or what was that? Oh, year? handicap the J. Yeah, <laughs> handicap the JT Daniels <laughs> race. Yeah, um, because of all the schools. Yeah, and so it's a pleasure to welcome in the national recruiting analyst for twenty four seven Sports, a good friend to the show and to so many shows. He makes himself available with his platform to to podcasts and shows. And so, Greg, in a busy time of life, as always. We appreciate uh, your time with us here in the Mid Valley in Oregon on the Joe Beaver Show. How are you today, Greg? I'm I'm good. I'm good. No, thanks for having me. Always always fun talking with you guys. Thank you, Greg. I appreciate it. Now, with you, you can talk about we can talk to you about almost everything when it comes to college football recruiting specifically. But for today's purposes, what's your sense, and how much in your world now do you follow portal recruiting in terms of <laughs> being a national recruiting analyst? We'll get to J, uh, uh, JT specifically in a moment, but how much is the portal part of what you follow on a regular basis? Uh, you know, I'll be honest. Um, I it, it depends on who the player is or who the school is. So I still, you know, it's, it's such a, we actually have full-time guys that are in charge of ranking portals and, and following, you know, portal recruiting. I mean, it's, it's a huge part of, part of the deal now, huge part of the process where, you know, when you talk to college coaches and they tell you, hey, we're going to only give out, you know, maybe 15, 16, 17 high school scholarship offers. We want to, we want to save eight or nine spots for portal kids. You know, it's a big deal. So for me personally, if it's a kid like JT who I've known since you know seventh grade and, and know know the dad really well, uh, you know Brew McCoy, guys like that that I covered in high school, I'm definitely curious. Um, but for the most part, you know I, I just mostly try to stay on top of the the high school guys and, and let our portal guys do an awesome job. They kind of you know they kind of oversee that. But with JT, I'm definitely curious and and excited and, and fascinated and all that all that good stuff. Yeah. See what he's going to do and where he's going to end up. 
Uh, one quick question before we get into that. <clears throat> I just want to follow up on this because Angie had told us a couple of years ago, if I remember it correctly, that the portal does not factor in when rating a class. Do you think they'll ever combine and that will be the case or <clears throat> will they always remain separate? So it actually does now. So I'm not sure how, how long ago that was. It was a couple of years ago. And uh, obviously, it, okay, yeah, no. So this past year, we have we have two rankings now. So we have a specific portal ranking where, you know, there's a, a ranking just on how you do with the portal kids. Mm-hmm. And there's a way you can combine those two. Almost like a, the composite that we do combines, you know, our ranking and, and uh, ESPN and Rivals. Um, we also have a, a new ranking where it also combines the portal with our ranking, and you can get one. So if you sign, you know, 15 high school kids and 10 portal kids, yeah, it, it all goes into a ranking now, and you can kind of see where your class is at. So, um, yeah, that was that yeah. was in the last year. I would never right. obviously contradict my girl Angie, who's no. awesome, and I heard you guys talking about her. I lo- love Angie to death. But, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's cool. And honestly, again, Portal, I mean, we're going to see some schools, that's going to be half their scholarships. So sure. you've got to factor that in, and I'm glad, I'm glad we do. Yeah, and, and the reason why it came up is with her is because um, the Beavers weren't getting a lot of high school guys when Jonathan Smith took over. He really used the portal well. Addison Gums and, and um, you know, some guys that coming out of high school were four stars, and they came over to Oregon State, and it didn't factor in at that time. And I was trying to make the case to Beaver fan and Mike here that, look, there's, there's guys that aren't being considered when you look at Oregon State at number 12 in the rankings for a class, which now is up to six and seven. And, uh, you know, he's making strides there. And, and I think shifting, too, and going a little bit more high school than the portal, which is a great strategy if you're coming over to try to rebuild a program. So that's kind of the reason why it came up. And I, I had thought maybe I'd heard it might have changed. So I'm glad you confirmed that. Thanks. Yeah, no. And, and honestly, it's not just Oregon State of the world. It's I mean, you're seeing Alabama. You're seeing Ohio State. I mean, shoot, Lincoln Riley came into USC and essentially said, OK, I'm going to you know, I'm going to cut, you know, 20 guys and I'm going to bring in a, a whole new roster. So people are using the portal. It's not just schools that you might say, you know, you know, they're going to be able to get, you know, elite guys out of high school. They're going to use the portal. I mean, every college is using it. And, and you know, you, what I always tell fans is because they always kind of want to know, hey, why is it this guy rated this high out of the portal as was in high school? And obviously it's a player is a different prospect two, three years later. Some guys, you know, they're, they're a higher rated guy. Other guys are maybe haven't developed and, and, you know, maybe we, we missed on that earlier evaluation. So not everybody's going to have that same rating. Uh, just like that, everybody's going to have the same offers they had in high school who are now in the portal. So you kind of have to reevaluate and, and then assess it and then go from there. So that's why, you know, portal recruiting and having guys full-time on the staff that actually evaluate every kid who goes in there and gives them a new ranking. That's why that's so important. One last thing on this. We get to JT. Um, Follow up to that question then. Is there a loser in this scenario? Because it's so young and we've watched so much go on and this transition, is there going to be a loser in that? And will it be high school recruiting? Yes, yes. Uh, uh, 100% high school. High school kids, you know, I, I'm not one to ever really quote Deion Sanders, but he actually nailed it when he said, you know, he feels bad for high school kids because they're only going to sign, you know, a handful. And that's, I, I feel like those last five or six spots used to be for every recruiting class 10 years ago would always be kind of like, you know, I don't want to call them projects, but maybe guys who you could take a chance on. And now, you know, those last five or six spots are going directly toward portal kids because those guys are more of a sure thing. You've actually already seen them play college ball for a couple of years. You know what they can do. You see them do it at a higher level versus a kid who in high school, 
who you're trying to guess. You're basically trying to determine, okay, can this guy play? And you're comparing him to a guy who you've seen play for two, maybe even three years. So, yeah, the, the amount of high school kids that are going to get scholarships is going to be dramatically lower. And then, obviously, those signing classes that used to be 25 full of high school now going to be 18, 19, if that. And what happens to those high school kids? They're going to either have to go, you know, the, the JUCO route or maybe not even, you know, get an opportunity to play college football at all. Greg Biggins, National Recruiting Analyst for 24-7 Sports, joining us. Well, Greg, there was a buzz and a stir around here yesterday when it was confirmed that JT Daniels had visited Oregon State and had been here for a couple of days. You've known him since seventh grade, so you followed his story well. I don't, if you have inside knowledge that, well, I know where he's going to go, we'll, we'll take it here on the Joe Beaver Show. But what is your, se- what is your sense right now of, of what JT's up to, the schools that you've seen and we've perhaps all seen in reports that are reportedly on his list of visits and considerations, what are your thoughts about how Oregon State might fit into all of that? They got a chance, and, and honestly, I don't know where he's going to go. And, and this was, you know, the first trip, and he, he, they're going to the family, Steve, his dad, and JT. They're going to, you know, they're going to take their time. He can't enroll until June anyway, so they're not going to rush the decision. It might even be after spring practice when schools might see who they have and, and determine, you know, what we want to go after a guy like JT. I, I'm still a fan, and I'm not just saying that because you know I've covered him so long and I know the family. I still think he can play, and it just. He's got just some really bad luck. You know, people say, oh, he got beat out by a walk-on. You know, he didn't get beat out by a walk-on. He, he was the starting quarterback in Georgia last year and got hurt. And and that's what happened. And then, you know, they got on a roll. And Kirby Smart, is, you know, he wanted to go with who had the hot hand. But JT was the guy. And then, you know, after they lost to Bama, you know, I think JT and people will say he was going to be the guy for the playoff and got COVID. And so just bad luck and bad timing. And, again, credit Stetson Bennett. But, you know, JT would have been the guy at Georgia had he not gotten injured. He still has a lot left in his tank, and I still think he's a high-level quarterback with an NFL upside to him. So they're getting, you know, hit up by a lot of different schools. He's definitely a power five guy. But, uh, no, they, they love Jonathan Smith. You know, I, I will say that. They, they love him a lot. They like the offense. They feel like that's a school with, you know, with an experienced offensive line that he can go in and flourish, and that's what they're looking for. They want to go in and, and find a spot where they can – and this is all portal quarterbacks. They don't want to have to go in and compete with 18 other quarterbacks. They want to know that they can come in and, you know, the goal is, okay, I want to be the guy from day one. I thought they're afraid to compete. It's just, you know, when you go into the portal, you got to be sure, especially this might be his last chance at it. So, you, you, you know, you want to make sure that you can go in and play and compete right away. And also you want to go and play in an offensive system that, you, that you're comfortable with, with talent around you. Um, you know, you don't want to be a guy going in there and, and having take you know taking nine or ten sacks. So you have to trust your O line, the system, you know, the receivers in play. And I think they feel comfortable uh, with all of that at Oregon State right now. The other schools mentioned, Greg, and thank you for that breakdown. Angie cited Oklahoma State, maybe an outlier, but Missouri, Colorado, West Virginia. Uh, those were the other schools that were mentioned by by Angie yesterday, along, of course, with Oregon State. The West Virginia thing is interesting in that Graham Harrell is there as the offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach. Does that give them, in your view of this whole thing, an advantage of sorts because of that previous relationship or not? You know, it's funny because it wasn't a great relationship. Hmm. Um, you know, I don't want to speak out of place, yeah. but, you know, if you remember correctly, you know, um, you know, JT, it, just from the get-go, even when, when he was starting, 
it always felt like Graham loved Keaton Slovis. You know, it just it just seemed like Keaton was was his guy. And you know, when you're a quarterback, you always want to know and feel that the OC slash head coach, you're their guy. And and at, at, even though Keaton was kind of an unheralded freshman, true freshman coming in, it just seemed like that was that was the case. And so, um, you know, Slovis, you know, JT got hurt first first half of the first game of the season against, I believe it was Fresno State, and Slovis came in, and he had a good year. And the feeling was, okay, well, JT can come back and, and beat him out in spring ball. And everyone said, there's no way it's going to be an open competition. Slovis has always been Graham's guy. And so it just – now, it, uh, I bring it back full circle to say this. Do I think Graham would love to have JT? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And do I think JT could flourish in that system? Heck, yeah, because we saw what he did for one half of football. He would have had a huge year – in that system before he got hurt so you know originally i don't think they had a, a great relationship but it, this is a business and i think graham knows that jt can help him and i'm sure jt probably knows that he can you know help himself play in that system so i do think you know west virginia it, it would not shock me if those two kind of kind of came together where at least you know he gave them serious thought and potentially took a visit that would not shock me at all Greg Biggins, our guest. Is it, a, is it a given, Greg, that it'll be one year if he has a good enough year to shine for the NFL? It'll be one of his two potential years wherever he goes. I, I do. I, I think that's definitely the dream. I mean, the dream out of high school was to be three and out. That's why they graduated. You know, for those who don't know, maybe some of your listeners graduated. He actually skipped his senior year of high school. So, uh, you know, we see a lot of guys who they'll play their senior year and, and leave a semester early. He skipped his whole senior year. And that was to get his clock going, you know, go, go to USC, play three years, and get out. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I do think that that's the hope. You know, they could have came out, you know, if he would have had a good year, a big year at Georgia this year, he, he'd be in a draft right now. And um, obviously next year's draft is going to be a lot stronger than this year's draft with, you know, Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud and, you know, who knows who else will be in that draft. But uh, I, I think the hope is if J.T. comes in and lights it up and he gets a, you know, a, a there's no guarantees, but if he's told he's going to be a, a first rounder, I definitely think that that they're coming out. I don't think there's any doubt about that. A few more minutes with Greg Biggins, national recruiting analyst for 24/7 Sports. Colorado with a new offensive coordinator and Mike Sanford coming from Minnesota. I wonder. I wonder. I was a little surprised or curious about that school being mentioned in conjunction here, but Carl Durrell is the head coach, so that makes some sense. And I wonder about Missouri too, also mentioned in most of the stories I've read about at least places he's going to visit or in considering. Mm-hmm. What do you make of the other candidates? We've talked about West Virginia, Colorado, Missouri, Oklahoma State. Is there another school or two that may get in the mix, as you've already indicated? What do you make of these other competitors, so to speak, with Oregon State? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. So uh, Mike Samper is a West Coast guy, um, knows knows the family pretty well. So that, that's the connection there. Mm-hmm. Um, it, not so much with with. Darrell, more so with Sanford. Okay. You know, I, I get a guy who's been around forever, and so has so has JP. So it's like, right? He was being recruited as a freshman in high school. So uh, seven, eight years, he's got. That's a lot of. Uh, that's a pretty big rolodex of coaches that they've contacted over the years. So they like Mike Sanford a, a quite a bit. You know, honestly, it's just right now the, the family is so open. It doesn't even make sense to sit here and say, okay, they're looking at Missouri and Oklahoma State. I mean, they're they're literally looking at every single school. Mm-hmm that has a potential opening. Every single school that potentially needs a quarterback is looking at JP. And that's why they kind of want to make a, make, you know, make a decision uh, not right away. You know, they want to basically allow these schools to kind of go through spring ball and see what they have and assess. 
And there's going to be some schools right now that have a quarterback. And after spring ball, they're going to be like, you know what? We don't have a quarterback. This guy can't play. And so I, I think, you know, the options will open up at that time. I think that's how the family's very comfortable right now again. But they can't enroll until June anyway. He's got to finish out his semester. So it's not like he's missing out by not, you know, he's not going to be able to go in for spring ball anyway. So just they're going to sit back and, and you know, just kind of let the process play out. I know it's a cliche to say that, but they want to let the process play out a little bit and see what their best option is. And now I'm not saying if, you know, two weeks from now that they, you know, it's, you know, Oregon State, that, that's, just a, that's just a great fit. Or, you know, Missouri or, you know, Elbow State a and I'm just making up the school, right? That's not to say they might, they might not make a quick decision if they fall in love with the place. But I, I know as of right now, the game plan is to let it, let it play out a little bit, go through spring ball and let these coaches assess what they have. And then they'll decide, you know, a little bit later on in the spring and early summer, maybe. Greg, the, one of the things Jonathan Smith has talked about, and while Chance Nolan took a big jump from, from year one, the, the, the abridged season, to last year made a, a big jump, and he feels like if he can make another incremental step in that direction, then the Beavers really have a, a, a reason to be excited about their quarterback play. But he said, we need to do a better job throwing the ball downfield and making all the throws within Jonathan's offense. That, that JT Daniels, let's just say for argument's sake, he checks the, that box, doesn't he? The deep ball, being able to make every throw. So if you have a sense of JT, his uh, ceiling, so to speak, within Oregon State's offense, and then maybe if they don't get him, if the Beavers don't get him, give me what your thoughts are about the growth that Jonathan alludes to with Chance Nolan. Yeah, no, it, it, again, you hate to sit here and talk about, because you, you almost, in a way, you feel like you're disrespecting, right. right, who they already have. So, and I would never want to do that. Mm-hmm. And, but so I'll just talk about JT. And you're, if you're asking, do I think he fits that Oregon State system? And do I think he can throw the football down the field very well? Yes. I mean, that's what he, he's a pure thrower. And he's always been that way. He was, you know, I've been in this business for almost 30 years, and I've only done interviews with two eighth graders because I don't like to talk to them that's too young. But I saw him at a seven-on-seven tournament, didn't know who he was, just kind of casually deal with watching him. I'm like, this guy is so advanced mechanically with the drops, the release, the ball placement, uh, throwing the ball just early and on time. He looked like a high school, you know, junior. And I asked somebody, hey, who's that guy? And they're like, that's JT Daniels. He's an eighth grader. Mm. And I went up and I talked to him, and, like, I've known him, you know, ever since. And so it's one of those deals where, you know, he is an absolute pure thrower. And, you know, he's battled some injuries, again, some bad luck. I mean, name it. It's funny. He had a, just a high school career. Was was his 2017 modern day team might have been the best high school team in Southern California history. Goes to college a year early, wins a job, and just from then on, just things just didn't didn't work out well for him. But he can still throw the football. He's extremely smart, highly intelligent. Uh, I, I think he's a little better athletically than given credit for. Um, I think that's still an area, you know, I'd love to see him continue to improve on in terms of just being able to maybe, you know, make that first, second guy miss and, and ex- escape, extend, um, do something outside the pocket, things like that. But, you know, from a throwing standpoint, you know, he, he can absolutely throw the football extremely well at an, at an NFL level. And uh, so if you had a chance to get a guy like that, I, I think you jump on it. Greg, when a guy shops himself in the portal, is it on his dime? Uh, no, no. So that's one of the benefits of the of the portal. You can take your five official trips just like you could out of high school. Wow. So, um, you can, you know, un- unofficial trips are on your own dime. But yeah, officially, you can you can go on, on an official trip and get the whole red carpet, wine and dine treatment. And uh, yeah, it, it's uh, on the college's dime, not yours. Wow. Greg, final uh, final thought. 
Yeah, no, that, that, that we appreciate you sharing uh, all of these insights and this, uh, what your knowledge, your longtime knowledge with uh, JT Daniels as he makes a decision coming up here, maybe not until June, although Angie thought it might be sooner. And, you know, it's our hope, <laughs> it's our hope, of course, that the visit might just confirm maybe a, a predilection of leaning already. We'll see. But we're hoping that it has a bit of the the Matt Moore effect. And I, I know you go probably saw Matt in high school, too, and, and dealt with Absolutely. him and his commitment yep. to UCLA. Yep. We are hoping in Beaver Nation that there may be Matt, uh, Matt Moore reducts revisited, so to speak, even with JT, a much higher recruit, I think, coming out. Although, Matt, what were your thoughts about Matt and how it played out for him to end up at Oregon State where he flourished in his final year and ended up in the league a long time? Yeah, no, I, I like Matt a lot. You know, he played at Hart High School, and in those days, you didn't, you didn't play until your senior year. You know, that was a, that was a school that just every year they had a guy, and you know that's where Kyle Bowler came out of with the Cal, the first round pick. They, they always had a guy, so you went, you loved the system, and you, you didn't play until you were a senior. And so Matt kind of bided his time, and he went into UCLA with another quarterback, Drew Olson, and those guys competed for like three or four years or however long long they were, and always seemed like. Matt would be the guy, win the job, and he'd get hurt. And then Drew would go in and play. And the next year, Matt would win the job, Matt would get hurt, Drew would go and play. And so you, you always felt like Matt was the, was the better long-term guy. But yet, you know, he just kind of had a few injuries, and then Drew played well for you. So I credit Drew, uh, who I knew well and, and liked him a lot, too. And then so, but, you know, Matt always was an NFL guy. I mean, he had, you know, an NFL arm in high school. You know, he was super skinny, but, you know, you knew he had the friend to fill out. And, he, again, he was a... You know, big time, big time arm, deep ball thrower, and so it was not surprising at all to see Matt go and have immediate success, and then play in the NFL for a lot of years because he always had that ability. Just that UCLA, just you know, again talking about JT with you know, with Matt, it's kind of bad luck. You know, it happens with quarterbacks, and that's why it's such a hard position to project because you never know. There's always things that happen outside of your control, whether it be injuries, coaching change, you know, I mean, the talent around you, your offensive line gets killed. It's it's such a hard, you could be the best quarterback, you know, in, in the country, but, but just have all these things kind of fall apart around you and you're never really going to hit your ceiling. And so I think, you know, hopefully I can, hopefully with JT, you know, he's got, you know, one more chance and hopefully it works out for him. Hey, and Greg, we hope just, I'm just saying selfishly that, that he ends up liking everything about here and, and, and gives it a, a shot here it would be, I think, a, a tremendous for the Oregon State program. But let's just take that out for a moment. Final thing, final question. John alluded to Jonathan relying heavily on the portal early, less so now. What do you make of the trajectory of the program for Beaver football under Jonathan Smith and what they may be looking at going forward? Yeah, I, mean, I think Jonathan's a really good coach. And I do think, you know, if Jonathan said we're going to rely a little bit less on the portal. I actually like the portal for Oregon State. The same reason why I like the portal for a school like UCLA. UCLA and Oregon, those are two radically different programs. One's in LA, you know, one's in Corvallis, but just the way they recruit, if at Oregon State, it's always going to be hard to get those, you know, those high level, you know, top 500 kids, right? I hate using the stars, you know, but but the elite, elite top of the line kids, you know, Oregon State, it's going to be kind of hard. You have to, you know, kind of out evaluate people and then hope you can get them in and you're going to be able to out scheme and develop better. Um, but like a school, you know, like an Oregon, like a Washington, like a US, uh, USC, you know, those schools, Oregon, 
I already mentioned them. They're going to probably always be able to out-recruit you out of high school. Whereas the portal, I think, is kind of the, the great equalizer. And you can, you know, the high school kid, they, they care about, you know, style over substance. They want to be loved up. They want to, you know, you to hit them up on your DM 80 times a day. They want to take your official visit and just, you know, get red carpet treatment, be wine and dine. The portal kid doesn't care about that. The portal kid doesn't care about bells and whistles. He just wants to go and play and get to the NFL. And, and he goes, where can I get that best shot? I don't care if you texted me 80 times today and told me how much you like me. I don't care about that, that anymore. That kind of goes out the window. And I mentioned UCLA because, again, they don't really recruit, you know, the top-of-the-line guy like you think they would um, because they don't, you know, love up is the term. They don't love up the kids and, and try to, you know, do all that extra stuff. And I think they're actually having a lot of success out of the portal. And I, I like Oregon State for that, for that same way. You can get a, a really good athlete who maybe he was a high-level four- or five-star guy. You know, out of high school, you know, Oregon State honestly wasn't going to be in JT's top 20. Right, right. But right now, they're in his top five, right? Because mm-hmm. he wants to go find a place where he can play. So I think the portal is, is actually a great game move for Oregon State. Um, you know, again, I, I think you can get high-level guys them in your system. Now, I, I get why a, a coach would say, hey, we don't want to rely on it, rely on, rely on it as much. Cause I think, you know, it's still, if you can get a high school kid for five years versus a portal guy for one, mm-hmm. you go with the high school kid, right? But I think you can balance that, too. You can get your high school guys, build up most of your class, but then, you know, still use the portal for, you know, five, six, maybe even eight spots if you have a need at left tackle, at inside linebacker, at my left corner. You can go get that guy to kind of balance out everything else, and I think if you can do that, I think Oregon State can absolutely be a, a perennial bowl team. No doubt about that for me. Well, that's interesting. We'll close where we began with just a final thought, and that is, Greg, Greg Biggins has given us plenty of a generous amount of his time, national recruiting analyst for 24-7 sports. For those who may have joined late, we let's close with where we began in the sense of JT Daniels, Beaver Nation, we're all going to wait. Other schools will wait. But you're saying that Beaver fans have reason, at least, to, to look forward to whatever it is the young man announces in June, if that is how Lady pushes it out. You think the Beavers are right in this conversation, then? I do. I mean, I mean it's, the, it's the first school you visited, right? And so I think that kind of tells you, tells you something. You know, it's, it's at least about, there's a lot more than an afterthought for him to take that first trip to Oregon State. And, you know, they've been getting being inundated with, with calls that second human in the portal. So for Oregon State to get that first trip, make that first impression, you know, hopefully it was a really, really good one. Gold, Greg, gold stuff. Greg, thank you so much. You can follow him on Twitter, 24-7 Sports, at Greg Biggins, capital G, capital B. Greg, it's great talking to you as always. Thanks for the insight, and we appreciate you taking time for us today. My pleasure. Always fun talking to you guys. Thanks for, thanks for having me. Thank you, Greg. Awesome. Greg Biggins, 24-7 Sports, again on it. Twitter, at Greg Biggins. I learned a, a couple of things. Um, really interesting insight on UCLA. Yes. I mean, they're right there in the heart of it. They're, they're right there where that area feeds the entire West Coast, and maybe more than that, with football players and athletes. And they're using the portal? And they're not. I love it though when he also describes because I mentioned this the other day that it's two different kinds of things. A 17, yes. 16, 17, 18 year old. Look what we can do for you, son. Look at this really cool locker room we have. Right. Look right. at all of these bells and whistles. Being loved up. And loved up. I like that. <laughs> and portal. Guy's already been there. He's been through it. He just wants to get there and do what he can to maybe get in the league. And 
completely different and older, more mature. They've been through a, a bunch of stuff. So two different things, but I was, I was fascinated to learn that about UCLA. Yeah. And Chip Kelly has never been one, even though he recruited well at Oregon. Chip is, Chip is one of those guys who might be a little less inclined to do yeah. all the quote-unquote loving up, a little edgier. Bro. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that almost fits with the type of personality we're talking about and the yeah. two different coaches down there. But if he had to do it, you, he, would, he would say to his coaches, yeah, you, yeah, you, yeah. you go you love them up. I got, like, I, got a, uh, I got plays to draw up. It's like that movie uh, Without Limits when Prefontaine's character said he wouldn't go unless Bowerman himself came down and or wrote and him a letter him, or wrote at least him a letter. Or recruited him at yeah. least said we'd like you to become a, yeah. a man of Oregon or yeah. whatever that's yeah. a good scene when the letter comes and he sees the handwritten note from <laughs> none other than Bowerman I like it anyway let's break on that note I think what you're saying is it's counter to Janice Ian at 17 she said I learned the truth well yeah, yeah. with JT Daniels Avery Roberts and others and maybe more at 20 or 21 22 <laughs> I learned the truth. truth not at 17 we take a break <laughs> And we come back. Love to hear your thoughts down the stretch. If you'd like to join us on a two-year anniversary of sorts, two years ago, Jared hitting the three to beat Utah, and things changed. How have the last two years been for you as a fan? As things begin to roll back a little bit more toward what we've been accustomed to over the generations, what have the last two years been like since Lucas's three to beat Utah? Thoughts on JT Daniels and the sweepstakes and what Biggins had to say. Anything else you'd like to jump in with here? 497-5356, 497-5356. Again, we encourage you, with due respect to Kerry Eggers and his pros versus Joes, we have our own Joe Radio Bracket Challenge presented by Kellen Berger Appliance. Text the keyword bracket to the University Honda text line for a direct link to the contest page. Love to hear from you, both on the text line and the phone line. 497-5356. 1240 Joe Radio. If you feel you're overpaying on your taxes and you're not as profitable as you should be, you're not alone. At Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis, they can help because that's what they do. They work with individuals and business owners to lower your taxes, increase your profit, and manage your cash flow. They provide bookkeeping and payroll services too. Give them a call at 541-753-4185. That's 753-4185. And get in the game. Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis, your hometown tax team. And go Beeves. Cracky Cards combines the worlds of sports cards and games to bring a fresh take on your local game store. Cracking Cards in downtown Corvallis carries sports cards, Pokemon cards, MTG cards, and more. If you're into sports cards and games, Cracking Cards is for you. OSU fans, Cracking Cards has a dedicated Oregon State alumni box just for you. Cracking Cards, 114 Southwest 3rd Street in downtown Corvallis. CrackingSportsCards.com, your connection to everything fun. Hey, this is Randy Holmes down at the Angry Beaver Grill getting all fired up about things going on down here. Come test your knowledge in our Tuesday night trivia. Enjoy food and drink specials and don't miss our Friday night prime rib and salmon dinners. Every Wednesday night starting at 5 o'clock, come try our $7 all-you-can-eat spaghetti dinner with garlic bread and salad. At the Angry Beaver, it's always game night in our upstairs video arcade and game room featuring air hockey, pinball, pop a shot, and more. So let's get fired up and support local down to Angry Beaver on 4th Street in downtown Corvallis. 
Middleton Heating has kept Mid-Valley residents comfortable for over 72 years. Middleton can service, repair, or replace all types of brands of heating and cooling equipment. Plus, they offer financing options on new equipment and also participate in state and federal incentive programs. If your heating unit is giving you trouble, if you have kitchen or dryer venting needs, or if you're just looking for some sheet metal, call Middleton Heating today. You can count on Middleton Heating for all your heating, cooling, venting, and sheet metal needs. Find them online at middletonheating.net. Philomath, Oregon, 2002. A couple brothers had an idea to bring better internet access to rural parts of the Willamette Valley, an internet that meets your needs. We get it because we live here. If you're learning or working from home or keeping up with changes in the field, we are here to keep you connected to your world. Alirica High-Speed Rural Internet. Plans starting at $49.99. Call Alirica today. Online at Alirica.net. Alirica, the friendlier internet. If you are a veteran and live in Lynn County, there are benefits and services available to you at Lynn County Veterans Services. You've earned them. Use them. Call 541-926-3882 and take advantage of what you've earned. Home loans, disability compensation, health care, transportation, and more. Lynn County Veterans Services is here to help you. If you are a veteran and live in Lynn County, call 541-926-3882 and thank you for serving your country. Lynn County Veterans Services, serving our local veterans. I think I'm right. Well, you're thinking of J.D. Vetter, part of uh, D, uh, Dean Roberts' m- scoring machine at uh, <laughs> West Albany High School. I know, but if, I we, know. if you, I'm going to look this up. Well, because... we were trying to remember, sick transit Gloria Mundi, how quickly the glory passes. Yes, yes, whatever glory it might have been. It's transitory. <laughs> Everything is. Backbone creaking like a cheap shoe. Yes, yes. But we ought to make another mile or two. I know Dave in Tumwater is, not to say his backbone's creaking like a cheap shoe. It is, and he gets around well. He's not fully ambulatory. And we're going to talk to Tumwater here in a second. But the point being, Julie, we couldn't remember the name of the columnist the other day for the Oregonian. Julie, and you thought it was Vetter, and then you said J.D. Vetter. <laughs> I, Anybody remember, feel free to, we have somebody else calling us, Doc, on the Downward Dog phone line. So we'll get Dave in here, and then we hope to visit uh, with you the rest of the way in open phones on a two-year anniversary of sorts. And would love to get your thoughts both on the phone line and text line. But no, I can't. Julie, better? Yeah, maybe. Let's go to Dave and see what's on his mind, and we'll look up former Oregonian columnists. I'm just glad to say that at least... I didn't know that Teresa Bottomley, the managing editor for the Oregonian, has said we will conduct a national search for Canzano's replacement yeah. for a columnist. I'm glad to hear. It. I don't want to see that no. role completely disappear from the Daily Paper. The model continues, yeah. and I, I saw that line and was, okay, was feeling good. better about it. Let's go to Dave uh, Tumwater. Welcome to the Joe Beaver Show, Dave. Well, welcome back to you, Mike. Thank you. It seems like a long time since you've uh, been in the studio there. Although it does sound as if you have tuned into a lot of the Joe Beaver radio show action Yes, uh, the earlier part of the week. By any chance, did you happen to hear John's get-off-my-lawn, Mad Dog Russo-like channeling exercise earlier in the week? No, I did not. Can you summarize oh, for you, me? I missed oh, that. you missed it. Yeah, I missed it. What was well, the rant uh, about? <laughs> It was much of a rant, a little, little blow-up yeah, for about 20 yeah, it, seconds. It, it, it wasn't quite to Mad Dog Russo's caliber, but John was uh, 
grousing about people not liking the show he wanted to produce. <laughs> and a, a, a day later, I just had to be driving around town. And Mad Dog, just before the strike or the lockout was settled, he wanted to talk about that. People wanted to talk about Rogers and Russell Wilson, and he said, "This is my show. We'll talk about what I want to talk. If you want, you can. There's other people you can talk if you don't like what I want to talk about. But anyway, it was not quite the challenge to Pat Casey, but it was one of John's okay. finest moments. Good. I just have to say, good to hear. Yeah, Sorry, yeah. I missed so it. <laughs> so I just wanted to have some fun late in the week. I might be a little giddy. Uh, but um, not that I've been imbibing or anything, but uh, one of Mad Dog's favorite, one of his favorite tropes of analysis, gentlemen, is the Mount Rushmore. Um, in other words, who would be on the Mount Rushmore of the New York Yankees? The four, I, I offer that for Dominic's consideration out there. Who would be the four Yankees that you would put on? The New York Yankees. Okay, I got it. I got it. And I'm going to tell you, and if Mad Dog is anything other than this, he's wrong. And so would you if you don't have these four. And so everybody, that's an easy one for me to answer right from the start. And now you may come back and object. Well, you're leaving. To me, it's Ruth, Garrick, DiMaggio, Mantle. End of story. Yeah, I think I would agree with that, Mike. But I wanted to bring it a little closer to home. Maybe, again, uh, you don't need my external. Uh, scoping, uh, you're quite content to run your own show, which was the point of John's rant okay. earlier in the week. But I've been having fun with the idea of what would be the Oregon State University athletic Mount Rushmore. Uh, and here's what I came up okay. with just kind of late in the week, kind of just to have fun, one from each sport. Not that that was necessarily a criteria, but that's the mm-hmm. way it worked out. So the George Washington analog for Mount Oregon State's Mount Rushmore of course, has to be Terry Baker. But here are the other three, left to right, Adley Rutschman, Mel Counts, Dick Fosbury. Okay, so you're going with athletes only in that sense. Yes, Mike, and that's that's subject to debate and reconsideration because if you were to bring in coaches and administrators, you might have a different list. Yes. Which yes. might be a different conversation entirely. But yes, initially out of the gate, I was just going with athletes. It's a, it, these types of questions, Dave, are, are wonderful fodder for conversation and argument and discussion. We don't we haven't done that too often over the years. You ask about a Yankees Mount Rushmore. I let me ask you, did Mad Dog raise it as a subject and would Mad Dog have the four that I had? Well, that particular subject didn't come up. Okay. Again, Mike, it's one of his favorite rhetorical yes. devices through the years. Right. He'll say, well, so Aaron Rodgers is going to be on the Green Bay Packers, Mount Rushmore, yes. for example. Yes. Yes. That, so it's a, it's a trope that he uses. Right. And I just thought I late in the week, with you, it's kind of festification with you back. I thought I might just throw this out there, not with the purpose, for the purpose of throwing a, gra- a grenade into the middle of a dinner party. <laughs> But uh, just, just yeah. to see what 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 comment uh, what thought you guys might have or otherwise. It's fun stuff, Dave. Uh, always appreciate the contributions. Uh, glad that uh, you appreciated John's rant the other day. He's going to do the show he wants to do. I well, guess let's, let's something like that. that. You want to temper it, John? The rant more to a just a 
a, a droll a, observation, a, a visceral reaction to a text. <laughs> hey, Dave, thank you for the input as always. Let's talk again next week. Have a great weekend, sir. Thanks for the call. Yeah, uh, real yeah. quickly before we go yeah. to Paul, Adley Rutschman, Terry Baker, Dick Fosbury, and Gary Payton. Well, yeah, and that that was I didn't have time to engage. I love in, those things in the. The the glaring omission there on that four is GP yeah. is Gary yeah. to me and counts Gary I'd probably put Gary just on that alone I mean you'd have to go sport by sport and do your four in football baseball yeah. basketball yeah. you yeah. want administrators coaches pretty hard to leave Pat Casey out of a Beaver Mount Rushmore well, slaps yeah. Gill yeah, Ralph or, coaches yeah no coaches. I know yeah. I know so what I I mean it's such well, a wide open subject that would be easy Pat Casey's number one. I got you. In the coaching department. Let's go to uh, Paul on the Downward Dog phone line. Good afternoon, Paul. Yeah, we'd have to put a fifth face up there with uh, (laughs) Pat Casey. That's good. (laughs) uh, Yeah, you guys wanted to know what what we missed when you went off the air? What Um, I missed was my wife saying, you got another game today? (laughs) (laughs) You mean during the time when we didn't have games going on? Right. Yeah. Exactly. So she doesn't have to ask anymore. Right. She doesn't have to hear it. Well, I think I told you, Paul, that along the way that I knew that the, the pandemic and, and the shutdown of things had been had affected us greatly after many months when my beloved wife asked, when is, do you have a road trip coming or is there another road game, road trip coming at any time soon? It's a little bit like after a while, <laughs> hold up. You know, doing whatever it is we were doing all those months with no games to go call or broadcast or travel to, it caught her one day like, you you haven't really been on a road trip for a long time, have you? I can't even remember. I'd have to go back and remember, I think it was Indianapolis, traveling to Indianapolis for the NCAA tournament a year ago. So it was about a year with no trips yeah. when my life has been filled with them every other week uh, from September through June, essentially, and then the nights and going on those road trips, too. I didn't go on any from March uh, of uh, 20 in Vegas until March of 21 in Indianapolis. That's a long haul, and it was somewhere probably around January. So is there a road trip in the near future? (laughs) (laughs) At least you didn't get, are you still here? Yeah, exactly, (laughs) because the rhythm was completely discombobulated. Oh, yeah, you're underfoot. Yeah, so, you know, that's when it hit me. This thing's been going on a while. And I'm sure Mike then she said, okay, it's your turn to go feed the donkey. (laughs) Well, I did did a lot of that, too. She's done most of it here of late with all the road trips that I have been on. It's kind of nice to be home for a while. Exactly, yeah. She got to to split the chores with you, which is always nice to do. Hey, Paul, thanks for the question and the call. We appreciate it. We need to take a break and uh, wrap up the show for today and for the week. Any thoughts on the Downward Dog phone line or text line? We'd love to hear from you. I have have put in every way under the sun, and I cannot find in a Google a columnist for the Oregonian by the name of Julie. I've done female Oregonian columnists. I've done a list of columnists all time at the Oregonian. I've done so. Maybe it wasn't Julie. J E J E. It was was it J E? But her name was Julie, so maybe that's why you're not finding it. I'm going to do this. Okay. Let, let's break on that note. But again, that is the. That is that is a, an example, though, of this, of how quickly the glory of the world passes. I remember her, her opening columns. 
there was uh, there were some people looking askance back in the early 90s, a fe- the first sports, you know, female columnist, the fabulous sports babe was doing her thing in oh, Seattle. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, riling up, <laughs> riling up Blazer fans. I remember when the Blazers were going, uh, Blazer fans going in mass to the Tacoma Dome to watch a Blazer Sonics game. <laughs> the fabulous sports babe on her show, Nancy Donnellan, was saying things like, hey, you see those cars with Oregon plates? You go out in the parking lot of the Tacoma Dome, and you take their hubcaps off, and you do whatever you can to make them feel unwelcome. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, she she really fueled the fire in that rivalry called Portland. You remember her phrase for Portland, how she described Portland in her talk show days in Seattle? (laughs) Yeah, we're going down to Portland, the... Something of America. Armpit of America. The plumber's butt of America. Remember that line? Yes, yes. And she showed up for a a joint event when I was working at Sports Radio 1520 KFXX, The Fan. She showed up to do a show, and people came out to boo her (laughs) by the the hundred. It was this big uh, Joe Beaver-type roadshow event, 12, uh, 1520. And then Nancy Donnellan came down. She had a, a run of about two or three years where she was very popular in Seattle. Maybe longer, Mike. I don't remember her exact. But for a while, she yeah. was hot. She was the thing, the fabulous sports babe. And she would have the hot takes and say wild and controversial things and rip every other market in the Northwest. Portland, the plumber's butt of America. <laughs> I got to go do a show there in a couple of days. It's going to be horrible. And people came out to boo her by the end of the show that she did. They were cheering her. I mean, she it was shtick. <laughs> oh, it was a gag like yeah. Softy Mahler and his gags yeah. about about everything. <laughs> and I liked Nancy. I, I thought she did a good job and liked her. But around that same time, this columnist came in at the Oregonian, and yeah. people would call 1520 and say, I hated that column. She doesn't know what she's talking about, yeah. this, that, or there. And, and she ended up being a guest of mine a few times, and here I am now not remembering her last name. Indeed. How quickly it all passes. Let's break. Can anybody supply us with that name? <laughs> 1240 Joe Radio. If you've been putting off that home remodeling project but have finally decided to take a leap and get it done, Corvallis Floor Covering can help. Stop by and browse through their large showroom with a wide variety of carpet, laminate, tile, wood, and vinyl flooring and window coverings from all the popular brands. Corvallis Floor Covering is at the corner of 2nd and Van Buren downtown or log on to CorvallisFloorCovering.com. Shop local, shop Corvallis Floor Covering, and go Beavs! Attention, Mid-Valley golfers and current Spring Hill golf members. Now is the time to take advantage of $30,000 in incentives offered to the first 30 new member signups by March 30th. Current Spring Hill members who sign up any new member by March 30th will share a $1,000 statement credit. If you're not a current member and no one, get them to sign you up and share the $1,000 statement credit. $500 shared credits offered for over 25-mile memberships. Only 30 are available, so don't wait. Call Spring Hill Golf Club for more information or visit albany-golf.com. Unified Insurance Group is your local independent insurance agency in Corvallis. They represent numerous insurance companies and specialize in auto, home, and business insurance. See Mike Eves, Taylor Starr, and Tom Worth. They'll help find an insurance plan that works best for you. If you're looking for auto, home, or business insurance, see the Unified Insurance Group, 320 Southwest 3rd Street in downtown Corvallis. They're your hometown team, always putting you first. 
Have you seen Highland Bowl's expanded Strike Zone Lounge? Stop by for a burger, pizza, a hot or a cold sandwich, or a salad. There's appetizers and snacks, too. And the prices are so low on beer and spirits, it's like happy hour all day. Enjoy your favorite Oregon lottery games, too. Highland Bowl. It isn't just for bowlers anymore. Stop by and check out the expanded Strike Zone Lounge at Highland Bowl on 9th Street in Corvallis. We set them up, you knock them down. Dave's Performance Hybrids is the Willamette Valley's Prius experts and your Toyota dealer alternative. Dave's Performance Hybrids has the right tires for the right price for your Prius, Toyota, and all other Japanese brand cars, trucks, and SUVs. Come meet Dave's new tire expert, Eddie, with 27 years' experience in the industry and save today. Need an oil change? Get $20 off your next oil service at Dave's Performance Hybrids. Off I-5 and Highway 20 in Albany, online at davesperformancehybrids.com. If you've been putting off that home remodeling project but have finally decided to take a leap and get it done, Corvallis Floor Covering can help. Stop by and browse through their large showroom with a wide variety of carpet, laminate, tile, wood, and vinyl flooring and window coverings from all the popular brands. Corvallis Floor Covering is at the corner of 2nd and Van Buren downtown or log on to CorvallisFloorCovering.com. Shop local, shop Corvallis Floor Covering, and go Beeves! Hi, this is Brian with Smith Glass. Are you tired of paying all that money to the electric or gas company each month? New windows from Smith Glass can significantly lower your heating and cooling costs and save you money. Talk to the experts today at Smith Glass about how you can improve the energy efficiency and comfort of your home. At the corner of 4th and Western in Corvallis or at the foot of the Lion Street Bridge in Albany or on the web at smith-glass.com. Smith Glass Service. We got it. Yeah, thank you for the input. Brooks Hatch yeah, remembered. Right Carl Mazdam has texted. And I'm texting you back something, Carl. I don't know if he's being sarcastic or not, so I need J. to know. J.E. Vader. J.E. Vader. That's what I say you said J.D. Vetter, which is actually, you know, that's because, you know, we think in terms of Albany. J.D. and West Albany and the, the most brilliant run by Tyson Grum and J.D. and company scoring 95 and 100 points in games and so exciting to watch in the early 90s. And, J.D. And Vetter. you called the world and, game against the Wilson, right? I did. And Damon, Stoudemire Damon Stoudemire against J.D. Vetter and Tyson and company. Memorable state title finals, semifinals. I don't think it was actually the title Why game. did uh, Wilson... Why was Abe Wilson able to shut him down? Just better athletes? They didn't really so much. They didn't shut him down so him much down, as beat them. beat them because an, a little bit like, very uh, analogous to UNLV playing LMU and Paul Westhead's Loyola Marymount team that went on the run. Right. When they ran into the players and athletes and ability of the Rebels to run, the run and Rebels... It's almost as though it's it, on the opposite end. It was Dick DeBiso trying to run a delay game against Ralph for Stanford. Yeah, and Ralph saying, "Okay, Dick, watch this." So and so, a UNLV it, can do it better. UNLV could do it better because they had overall yeah. a better group, faster, longer, quicker athletes to run that system and style, and they kind of played that way anyway. But yeah. then. They probably with, loved it. With L, oh, yeah. And, and so at one point, at, at a certain point, the better players, even though that wasn't their system, quote-unquote, 
were able to finally end the LMU run because they could do that better, play right. that way better right. over longer stretches. And I felt by an analogy a year later, Tyson Grum and J.D. Vetter and company, as much as they had surprised and made the great run with their incredible style, when they ran up against Damon Stoudemire and Wilson, it was Wilson saying, okay, we don't play like this all the time, but if we need to play like this today, we can and we, we can. will and we'll beat you, and they did. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty cool. J.E. Vader. Yeah. Still a, still a freelance writer. Julie and Julie, that's why. I right. mean, she Julie would come Vader. on, and I remember I interviewed her quite a few times, and that's why about her columns. And I liked her. I yeah. liked her a lot. She was a guest on the show. I couldn't remember. My dear friend, what's her name again? Uh, <laughs> Julie Vader, but she was a in that early 90s period, mid-90s. She was a bit controversial, polarizing type well, figure as a columnist. Are, yeah, 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 generally. And they're supposed I mean, to be. Right. You, you're doing your job if you've got one side that doesn't like you and another side that does. That's what they're, they're stirring the pot. They're doing more than just a game recap. That's why I yeah. used to love them, because it was different than all the other stuff. Apparently she, and you found this when we were trying to... Uh, come up with the identification of that columnist, J.E. Vader, for maybe three years, two or three years in Portland, mid-90s. Yeah. She made a return visit to the Oregonian several years ago to write a review and column special to the Oregonian yeah. about the film I, Tanya and what everything it got wrong, <laughs> everything the film I, Tanya got wrong. I haven't seen it. I have. Is it worth this? Is it worth the watch? I think it is. I, it wasn't. It wasn't filmed in Portland. It wasn't filmed in the locales that Tanya grew up in. I, biopics have an impossible task. They can't. Anybody who really knows the people and the persons. Well, that's right. that's why this winning time show is just getting lambasted by people that know the real characters. I don't know if anybody's seen it yet. I haven't. What's winning? Time? Winning time is the Lakers. People, you oh, know, Solomon yeah. Hugh, Solomon Hughes. TJ saw the first. I mean, what did episode. you think of it? He, he kind of liked it, but yeah. he's not old enough to really have gone through yeah. all that time with all those characters. Gary Vitti, the former trainer, has just said it's a total mischaracterization of Jerry West, and I'm sure many others are going to come yeah. in. Yeah. I'd like to get Michael Thompson on at some point, who's been on the show a few times, just to say, Michael, okay, you were part of it in the later part of Showtime. What about this film and these yeah. actors and so on, and see if he could give us a personal review. I think Pe Petros could, too. He probably bit. could. Michael would be better, but yeah. But... The point, uh, Vader wrote a column about the Tanya Harding era and Mark Schwartz. Uh, I hope we can get Mark on sometime. Maybe Carrie will be kind enough to send along a cell for Mark to talk to him about his 32 years as a reporter for ESPN, retired now in Portland, but taking me under his wing and helping me through the whole Tanya saga <laughs> to the point that in the I'm in the final image. You see me, the last image of I, Tanya, yeah. the very last visual image of the film, I'm standing behind Tanya trying to reach my microphone around with this horde of reporters. And I'm I'm in it. I pointed it out when I saw it the first time. And I said, oh, yeah, there's your pop. I said to Lydia, there's your daddy right there. <laughs> and I, I am in the, fi different look. the final image of the film. No beard, more hair, different yeah, time, 1994. Yeah. She's coming back from Detroit. But I like the film. And Margot Robbie, Roby, whatever it is, is tremendous. It's, it's a well-done film, even if it is mostly fictional. We'll see you Monday. KEJO Corvallis. And translator. K229DI Corvallis. The home of the Beavers. 1240 Joe Radio.